So in the bull ring, the elements are thinking they're competing with each other. They're not. You just let it stay as a seed and it doesn't get the chance to, to basically die in the ground and root itself and become some big tree. What we're looking for is that elephant in the room that's just got uncomfortable. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. All right, here we are, folks, at another episode of our Elephant in the Room and this week, the elephant in the room that's actually pretty scary is to do with controllable or uncontrollable. And most of the time, we're trying to put up parameters around so that we can control the environment we're in. But one of the things that we've been having recently is a number of conversations where it's, well, we feel as though it's obvious that we're not in control of what's going on. And that's the scary bit, because what we were talking about was this idea that if you think of my hands here as two silos and you're trying to move out of one of them to go to the edge to get into the next, and that's the scary George, bit because you're jumping across. The control of the bit here is as you're assuming this is a video and you're going, look at my hands here. This is a podcast. You're going, well, don't know what you're talking about. That's uncontrollable because <laughs> I can't see it. Yes, well, so there you, you go. Need to know there you your go. audience. You got to visualize the whole thing then. So think of yeah. two plates that are come think together of and George touch one another. George waving his hands in front of his face there now, and I, I go, there you go. What the, what the hell is he talking about? You know, so boundaries are in control boundaries. of making a video for this. So you can go watch the video after the podcast to see what we're up to in the room. Are we showing? Are we quite? active or expressive in our mannerisms now i know i'm an un i have no control over my mannerisms i have no control over my normally my hands are going flapping in the wind and my mouth is as well i have i'm not in control because i'm not aware i am in control if i was aware but it's it's in the subconscious and it's only if i bring it to the into the conscious i become aware i need to be in control of my actions my posture my presence my speed my pace my what i'm talking about we just came off a call earlier on and we were in control at the beginning and george thought he was in control of me and quite 10 no, minutes in no that's a the elephant was on a fallacy <laughs> the, the, you had the elephant in the circus you had him in the ring you had a little bit of a whip the terrible connotations of all that but the elephant doesn't belong in a circus. He doesn't belong in a ring. And I suddenly was that elephant. And I suddenly realized I need to be out in the jungle. And I went, We had the I, raging I, bull I in took, front of us. <laughs> I took control of myself and went on a rampage. I was the elephant in the room taking and making his exit back into my level of comfort zone, which is me being me, not trying to be in control i want to let it run amok oh this the conversation others in the audience are what it's an uncontrollable elephant rampaging at me whereas what i'm trying to do is i'm running towards you in a friendly manner and i'm gonna run up to you and give you a little gentle nudge and say come ride the elephant let's go on a journey together but when i'm rampaging at you there's a big ugly looking elephant running straight for you he seems to have something in mind and that's it you know what is it so take the elephant in the room we're back to this elephant in the room it changes from day to day minute to minute be aware of all these elephants take control but elephants by the very nature of most of the time if they're in the room how they got there in the first place was you weren't in control what i find one of the things that is is important is that we, we're always thinking that we have to be in control 
and we have to be in charge. We have to set things in stone. We have to make sure it's solid. It's, you know, we, we have to make sure that we know what's going to happen. And quite often, we haven't got the foggiest idea. <laughs> and actually, quite a lot of the time in the conversation with Garvin, Garvin says, I'm making it up. And they kind of go, oh, my God, we thought you knew exactly what you were talking about. But but actually, the making it up is quite important because you're free-flowing ideas, trying to work out where things should go. There doesn't need to be any kind of restrictions on that at that time because you need to have the scope to throw things out, pull things in, see what happens, mix it up a bit. Does that taste right? Does that not taste right? Will that cook into something interesting or, or is it best just to burn it so it doesn't exist at all? Unless you experiment and try things out and bounce things around, then the, the creativity doesn't really come out. And the control can be too controlled. And I think I mean, one of the things that I'm finding quite interesting is that in my early interactions with Garvin was I'd be kind of going, I better shut up. That's probably the safest place to be. And I'll crouch down and sort of hide. And now what's <laughs> happening is I'm suddenly kind of going, hang on a second, Garvin. <laughs> and I'm, I'm throwing back. He'll throw me back out again and I'll be tumbled over and hopefully no broken bones. But I'll go back in again and have another crack and see what's happening. I'm not just listening. I am listening, but I'm not just just uh, sort of being a quiet little mouse. I'm now starting to think actually I should be just as just as bullish back as an elephant. Right, as, as I like this because what we're looking for is two elephants in the ring now. Two it's not elephants. elephants. It's not problems. It's no. back to going. You can't perform. You can perform on your own all you like, but you're going to run out of little ditties and little songs and little tunes. You're going to become. This is your total your total uh, repertoire well, I'm going but when you bring the second element in they can start doing double acts they can do little extra routines there's an element of the unknown I mean I'm reminded of an awful lot of the comedy acts of yesteryear of the Lord and the Hardys and the Eric and, and the two, 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 two white was it Eric Moore or two, the two Eric, Eric, Eric Moore and, 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 and Wise more but the wise. thing was there was there was more with the two. It's not that I'm looking to be a comedy duo, but it's a play off. It's the straight man versus the comedy. And then they swap. It wasn't that it needs to be straight all the way. It's there's an element of control that lets the audience feel comfortable and they can swap between the unknown and the known. But most of the time when they get they're, they they're brought in with the, the straight man nearly. They're they're comfortable. But it's that it's that left field something when it's in there which provides a shock and awe because it was an unknown something they weren't expecting of themselves or of the routine or of the story. Every like sci-fi or horror film out there or, or anything on the edge of the sea or detective, you're going, you don't want to have guessed it in the first three minutes based on what you've been presented with. You want to still believe there's an unknown hiding in plain sight. There's something else I wasn't expecting, the mystery to be solved. If I knew it before I started, I'm just being comfortably brought along the, the elephant ride in the, in, in the circle ring. There's not, unless you, the, the master lose control of the elephant, you know what you're going to get. You're going around in a circle on a saddle with someone leading the way. If you're out there in the jungle and you found yourself your own elephant, you got a bunch of herd, herd beside you and you're all on top and you're riding off into the yonder, you're going on an adventure on the, of the unknown circumstance with a certain element of control. You're there, you've got your element, you're riding together, you're part of a team, you're going on a journey, you know where you are. You know what the, begin the, end, the beginning looks like, you know what the end might involve, and you're hoping for this unexpected mystery of a certain unknown potential. 
They go out whale watching. They sort of are hoping to see a whale. They're very bloody disappointed if there's no whale. If there's two whales and a baby whale, a mama whale and a papa whale and a baby whale, well, they're going home very, very excited. But they're not expecting to see a shoal of sharks. You're back to the sharks again. They went out whale watching in shark-free waters. You're not expecting jaws. But we're going out into shark-infested waters whale watching. Now we're not, because we're coming back in and going, we want you to come in the boat with us. We want you to know there's an element of the unknown. We want to introduce an element of the controllable so you feel comfortable to a certain degree. We want to let you know there's an uncontrollable something, an unexpected something. We cannot guarantee this will happen, but the probability is now more likely than not by having these amount of controls. We are going where there are sharks or whales. We're out there, we're in the boat. We're there at the right time, the right place with the right equipment. You have, a, you have an opportunity, you've bought into that journey and the possibility and the potential. And that's what we like. If there, there has to be some uncontrollables. And that is what, if we could control everything, we're back to the same thing. We're in a framework, choose a channel. You're not really living. We want to try and tame the uncontrollable. We want to not control it totally. We want to be in control of ourselves to go on a journey to control more of the uncontrollable. And that's back to the edge of madness, not the edge of madness, the edge of your comfort zone. That take control of where you are and go on the journey to where you want to be, but do it in bite-sized chunks of taking control, step by step, row by row. My imagination was painting some interesting pictures there. I was starting to think of the two two elephants in the bull ring. And they're sitting there, actually. The, the thing is, if they're an elephant that comes from India and another one that comes from Africa, or they're ones from the jungle and ones from the, the savannah, they actually think that the elephant that's opposite them is, is against them and is a rival, and they have to compete with them. So they're trying to think of, how can I defend myself against this one who's going to, you know, am I stronger than them? Can I overpower them? Can I do... And it's the time it needs to take to listen to the other side to get, and quite often the conflict is the language. You kind of think they're saying the opposite to what I'm saying, and they're saying something different to what I'm saying. And then you kind of go, no, hang on a second. If I listen a little bit more and, and start to unravel the dialogue, you know, decode it a little bit more, I can suddenly start to see they're saying the same thing. It's the same language I'm saying, but it's coming from a different perspective. Why I can't hear it? Because I'm, I'm not used to that form of language or that approach to things. And the challenge is, is, to, is to get the person to the point where they're outside their comfort zones, but now get a chance to listen to what's going on and start to see that, that we're now actually meshing in a way that they hadn't thought of before. And that's where, and because they feel that they're now out of control because they can't use the tools they normally use to try and help defend themselves, they're now freer to listen and to start to absorb what's going on. And it's that sense of, oh, they're they're gonna they're gonna overpower me and and, and possess me. Even I could see that kind of idea of possession. You kind of no no, you're now open to the opportunity of influencing one another, and because you can now influence and sort of rotate around each other, you're creating an energy that wouldn't have been there before. And it opens up the views to different ways of looking at things. And another exciting journey can then start to take you off where you want to go. One of the things that was actually said today and actually was said to me in the past was, what do you want? We're all so used to not saying what we want. We're all being told, 
you know, you've got to do what somebody else wants. You're there to serve them. You're there to do what they want. And you're, they're going to be your master and they're going to be in control of you. And what's the, where the uncontrollability comes out is that all of a sudden the person's being told, no, what do you want? And that's where they find it hardest because they're suddenly, they've never been allowed to answer that question because what they want has never been important. It's always what somebody else's want. But because they've never been able to discover who they are and who they really are and what they really want and what their passion is, because that's the thing you try to hide, now they're being opened up to reveal that thing. And what may surprise them most is what they want for themselves is actually what the other person wants. And really what scares them when they're being approached by this raging bull is the fact that they're revealing to them, they're mirroring them what they want internally, and they feel that they can't get that. So they, they're frightened by what they're being presented with. And yet when they can relax and start to enjoy the conversation, even though it's a bit brittly at times, what you suddenly start to see is there's an opportunity not to be selfish. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that self-realization of being having the opportunity, the very thing that you wanted to do and may have spent a lifetime wanting to do. Now there is a possibility of this being presented to you and it can become an actual thing for you to live out. And I think that becomes, that's the challenge that I think we're all having. No, I like this, because I'm going back to the bull ring, and I, I see, I think of these two elephants you were talking about, and they suddenly became aware of each other and think they're in competition. But what they realize is they're in a bull ring in a circus, and there's an audience going, what are these elephants up to? Oh, they're performing. And they're actually, in the bull ring, the elephants are thinking they're competing with each other. They're not. The audience is there going, they're waiting for the performance. And if these two elements can work together, they can perform more. Now, actually, we don't want them just to perform more. We want a few more elements in there with them. Now, we're talking about elements. We were talking about jokers before, but we like elements. We stick to elements and go, right, if there's a bunch of elements at the center stage, what the hell are they doing? They're not standing around going, I'm an elephant. Now, the element in the room has always been you know, what's, what's the worry, what's the stress, what's the opportunity, what, what's, what, is it, what's, what is it that needs addressing? Now, if the elements in the room are actually elements in the room, in our case, and the example is the two elements, myself and George, we're looking for a third and fourth. There's a bunch of us in the show, in the bull ring. It might just be in the office. But what we're saying is we've got to take this on tour. We've got to get in front of the audience and start doing some little dances and start performing. And they got to, if we want this audience to pay for this show and we want to do another show tomorrow. We might stay in the one spot like the, the, the showman, the great showman, well, he took it on tour afterwards to teach your man Barn or whatever his name is. It became... You can, the audience can come to you or you can go to the audience or, or maybe all of the above. We can capture it and video it and get it out to the mass audience as well. But there's a different experience based on events and all the rest of it. You're at the show. You're in the room. There's an adrenaline. There's an atmosphere and electricity in the air. Or you can watch the show after the fact. Or you can watch it live streamed. But there's a distance each time as to how in the room you are with this show and how close you are to the performer now and how much you might influence it he might throw something at you you might catch it they might invite you up on stage and you can participate but if you're on zoom or somewhere else on webinar space the most you can throw out there is a text and a shout but i mean forget that aside you're back to 
How good is the performance? Is the, are these three elephants just doing a little bit of round robin? Or are they doing Cirque Soleil? You're going to go, they better step it up a gear if it's a hundred quid a ticket and they want a large queue. So there's no point in being just there and having something and saying we're in film. We want to be Cirque Soleil. Or I don't even, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. And we want to take it on tour. And we want the queue out the door. And we want them to be in the room as close to us as possible as opposed to as far as way watching it after the fact. So that's where you start going consultancy and boutique and niche this. You can go to the webinar or those other guys pay 10 grand to be in the room. They want to be within reach of Tony Robbins. They want him to talk at, to them and with them, not at them. And they want to participate and have their bit of story being closer to the man that can make the difference or the woman that can make the difference. So we're, we have a little bit of that this morning and we're looking for other elephants, but we don't want any old elephant. We want them to be in the room and we want them to start performing. We want them to be their own star. They, they have to perform to their best for themselves to make themselves shine in the mix. But at the same time, they better be in sync with the rest of the elephants. Because if we're going one way and they're going the other, we're going to bump into each other, we're going to clash, we're not going to be able to gel or sync. So therefore, we're trying to find that new comfort zone of a third dynamic, fourth dynamic something that wants to go show and tell, that wants to perform, that wants to own the show, make the show, influence the show. And we want to be the show, well, we want to be the showrunners and the showrunners of ourselves. We want to be the show and we want to be watched and we want others to want to be in the room or just watch after the fact and be entertained. Lots of lots of visuals there of, of all these elephants in the in the circus and and running around doing stuff. Oh, it's a circus, definitely. It's definitely it's definitely a circus. But I think what what's it's the experience because at the moment one of the problems that we're having is that we're all separated by a screen. So it's like watching stuff on television, and we know that what's on television tends to be an illusion, and you know it's it's entertainment. It's it's we, we're not involved in it. We may interact sort of within ourselves but we can't touch it we can't feel it we can't really sense it in 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 all our different um, senses really but quite often when you're in a room with a group of people and you start to talk to them and the dialogue and discussion comes out and they have the different perspectives the picture becomes bigger and the blind spots that we all have become more evident and then we can start to overcome those blind spots because we're having a chance to to work things through to to mix things up and try other possibilities and 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 part of it is giving and that part of it that you're giving is is potentially giving up something you're you're giving up that sense of control that we talked about earlier on because when you're in a discussion you can't control everything because you're not inside the other person's head you can't control what they're going to say because they're not a puppet this also becomes important because one of the things that we're talking about is directors now directors can direct but one of the things they have to to take on board is that the people they're directing are also individuals that have a mind of their own and most minds if you try to control them or restrict them or or tie them down will rebel against that idea so the best way to direct is to nurture and to coach out of people what they should be doing and make them become if it's a character if it's an actor that's playing a role 
what you're trying to do is to get them to own that role, to own that part of the project. Now, we, we have those roles that we're setting up within the production experience, but we want the individuals to feel as though they own that. That's, that's their job for that particular day, that particular moment. And in that time, it's whatever they can give is what they, you know, they, their performance is so crucial. And part of like getting up to there is to build up practice, 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 so that we become more experienced at what we're doing. We don't have to think about it anymore. It becomes part of our our being. And that's where we're trying to, to move things towards in everything we're actually doing, including the development of stories for the projects we want to work on. We understand that if we if we had um, within our structure the scripts being made during the program, a lot of time would be wasted that wouldn't give people the experience they need. And it's that experience, that training of how to work on set, where it's not necessarily for their own project, it's for somebody else's. They're gaining the experience they need to be able to interact with other people and help them achieve their goals. That's the thing that you're giving. In the script development and structuring that we're now looking at is how to bring teams together to work on a project, to, to nurture it and need it and get it out and bring all those different perspectives to, to, to get rid of all the blind spots that if you wrote individually on your own, you would suddenly find there were flaws. I remember a few years ago, I wrote a script and one of the characters got shot and then all of a sudden, a little bit further on, they weren't shot. And that was a bit of a problem because they were either going to die or need to go to hospital or they were bleeding out or something. Uh, and they wouldn't be able to carry on doing what they were doing. That was a blind spot I had because I thought I'd worked out the story, but I then wanted something else to happen. And if I'd had a collaboration with somebody else, I wouldn't have necessarily had that in there. I would have done something else that would have helped bridge that little problem that was going on. And those are things that we're trying to look at. We're looking at, we have these little sessions at the moment with uh, our interns on at around about four o'clock where we start to look at what's gone on and we start to find where the blind spots each person's had. Everybody has a chance to spot something, add a little bit of something, and help as a team nurture that particular video that we're working on. And everybody is is finding great value. It's it's not about something's wrong. That's 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 not the way to look at these things. Quite often, when people are being criticised or critiqued, they feel they're being told off for doing something wrong. That's not what it's about. Because in, in the frenzy of the flow of everything else, the person can't quite see because they're so close to it. They can't see where maybe there are little problems. They're seeing everything and they, they haven't seen the little details. Whereas you need a second person to come in and actually spot the details. And then they can work out how to solve that because you've given them the bigger picture to look at. It's the collaboration. It's the two different views. It's not you're not in opposition to one another. You're not trying to outbest one another. You're trying to make sure that the best result comes out of the whole project altogether. That's our aim. That's what we're trying to do. Focus on the project, not on the individual. Don't internalize it. I think we've done this before with our internal chitter chatter. Get rid of the chitter chatter. Go outward. Observe what other people are doing. Look at their behaviors, look at their reactions. You, you, you're not only listening to what they're saying, you're viewing what they're doing. And from their reactions, you can see, all oh, right, I need to tweak this here, or I need to tweak that there. Now, there's two, a couple of things going on there. And what that is, is George just was talking from the language of uh, alignment of goals and working towards a common project and a common outcome and listening to your peers on peer-to-peer -peer review and you know fixing the project for the project's sake and letting go of your own quirks or insecurities or whatever else. It's 
This is the ask. That was the job. You did it to your best. We had a quick review. You missed a couple of things based on the blind spot. Nothing. It was all subconscious, not based on skill set or ability. And we picked up the bits. Go back, fix, come back, represent. Yep, that's great. We're there. We're past the 80-20 rule now. And it's it's good to go for the budget that it is. We've caught we've caught the known knowns and we might miss a few of the unknown knowns. But I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, we've got a three eyes and four eyes over it. That's the best we can do at the moment. That is when you're doing a job or a project and working with common goals and you've aligned the team. Now, a little, if we go back before that, we were talking about this journey of comfort and uncomfortableness. And, and this is more to do with, let's say, the individual for a second. And you coming from where we were in our, one of our last shows and the launch of our, 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 our book, like our, this uh, our guest's uh, book, Frederica Murphy's uh, book, uh, Lead Beyond the Edge, which is talking about comfort zones. It's going beyond the edge. If you're comfortable, you're comfortable working. You're doing, you're bring, what you're bringing is your passion and your skill set to the agenda, to the job at hand. You're doing your work all day long, and this is what I'm the expert in, and here's my work. Look at this. Did I do a good job? And I give me a little bit of a reward and a clap on the back. Great. Now, if you want to, that's a very comfortable silo of a little bit of uncomfortable comfortable, comfortableness based on being reviewed, based on a known something and a controllable ask. You're comfortable in your job and what you're expected to do. And if you turned up, you'll achieve it. We're talking the other side of what we're talking about is we're coming from we're not we're too comfortable in our job and we want to grow. That's something we could do all day long. And the people we're talking about to become our new peer set is these these elements we're talking about. We want uncomfortable elements because they wouldn't be here in the first place if they were comfortable. If they're comfortable, they're there. They're in that job. They're doing the work expected, getting paid a day rate, and they're not going to expect anything else outside of that. That's a job. This is an industry we want to create. We want to create a disruptive entrepreneurial journey of disruption and innovation, creating new content, and there's risk and reward associated. And there will be jobs within it, but it's a new journey of unknown knowns, known unknowns, controllable, control, uncontrollable controllables, and controllable uncontrollables. In the sense of you have to, you're starting from a nothing, and you can build procedure and process and control around the minimum something. And that's a journey we're going on. And these individuals, we're not in control of, we're in control of who the individuals will be, only in the sense of when they suggest themselves, we have a choice set. We don't know who they are yet. We have avatar ideas of, we need to be working with mentor practitioners at a level of operation of this skill set. We don't know it's Joe Bloggs or, or, jo or Joan Bloggs. We don't know who they are yet. We might have a wish list of, wouldn't it be great if it's Steven Spielberg and Quentin Tarantino and are going to give over their time for free to us? Great. No, they may not be the best people for the job. Actually, they're not. Because we need, what we're looking for is that elephant in the room that's just got uncomfortable. They are comfortable in their expertise, but uncomfortable in their self-motivation or self-fulfillment. They want, they need, they're uncomfortable about voting favor themselves forward because they don't know where they're going. They know it might be, I need more success or accolades or I need to be able to give more or it might just be pure recognition. I need a, more, a higher 
visibility, of recognition, of the value I'm contributing to my, from my skill set to my peer group. I think that's where we're looking for. We're looking for mentors that want to give back and make a difference in the industry, a microcosm of the industry. And that's who they are. It's, it's, they have the skills. Those are not going to be here unless they have the skills. They need to have the skills in spades. And they need to be wanting to do re let go of the passion project and give of the passion to the new project in a controllable manner going forward so a new game can be played. This show can be take, taken on the road. It's no longer a circus. It's Cirque du Soleil. You, George. <laughs> the passion project is quite interesting because <clears throat> in the way that you've kind of described it there, I could suddenly see that the passion project is actually the very thing that is blocking the person from expanding and reaching out to meet their full potential because they're 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 locking on to their passion project. They're, they're becoming too precious about it. The silo of the passion the project. The silo of the passion project, yeah. And I think that's, that's quite important to start to realise that because I know that I had a passion project I was working on and, and, and as I... I, there was lots of great learning came out of it, right from the people that were involved and, and, and where I went with it. But one of the difficulties that started to have was it was taking too long to do something. I really need more people, but I hadn't got the capability of doing that. Lots of technology was changing, uh, and I began to realize that it, it, had, it, it couldn't reach the new levels of expectation uh, within the processes that I was going on. And then there came a point where I just I had to just let go. And it was very difficult because you went through a kind of mourning period with it. And it was really weird because it had meant so much to me, but I knew that I couldn't, it wasn't possible to get it to where I wanted it to go because the technologies I'd used to shoot it. But I had to realize that the learning gained from the process was really important. And I could actually use that in the next level of what I wanted to do. And that's really where we are now because we're starting to say to people, I, I need to reach this next level. I, on my own, haven't got the height to be able to stretch to reach that ladder and pull myself up. But if I worked with you or Garvin or somebody else, the, the, the combination of all of us could lift us up to that new level so we can reach and pull ourselves up to the new heights. And quite often, it's not that we are the ones that are going to be doing the activity that we visionized. It's the other person that's coming up behind us that we're about to give them a leg up to go and do it. And we'll have actually done our job. And that's part of that process. So, so breaking outside of your passion project, I think, is a really important thing. Because it just stays, it's like the lamp that's just held under the bushel type thing. It never does anything. It's blocked. It's, it's a waste of time. Now, I'm not saying that the exercising, doing it and trying to go through it in an initial stages is useful. Because it gives you the experience that you need to do the next thing. But keep reaching up. Keep reaching beyond Keep trying to pull yourself higher and, and expand beyond your own boundaries, because I think that's that's what we're finding through all the conversations that we're having with the likes of Frederica Murphy and other people that we're coming into touch with. They all want to expand beyond their current limitations, the limitations which are quite often self-imposed because they, they're fearful of how to step outside that door and face the elements, face the raging bull that seems to be charging towards them. And they want to go in and barricade the, the doors. In fact, that ball is there trying to smash down the door to release you, to give you a help in hand forward so that you can actually reach your next goal that you want to go to. And I think that's You're important. You're going to like because, this. 
without if you don't reach those goals, you'll end up dying. And I think that's the yeah. key. Now, some actually the strange thing is now I'm remind I don't even think I saw the film. It's coming back from the recesses of my brain as a young child, and it's only the name of the film, and it might not even be correctly named. And what the film was called, I don't even know what it's about, but I'm just using the terminology. They shoot horses, don't they? I think is the name of the film. Yes, right. That and familiar. what I heard there earlier on was you said shoot. I was thinking shoot the passion projects. We need to shoot the damn passion project. It's either kill it or shoot it and make it because it needs to be made. Put it out it of its misery. Killed. It has to be put out of its misery or it has to be created. The whole point, it's all the dragon's dens and the shark tanks again. It's saying, at what point do you kill it? You need to fail fast because if you can't get it over that hurdle, it's let go. Because if it doesn't get to past that hurdle, it will consume, it's all consuming. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not just all consuming. It's the comfort zone. It's you're comfortable with your passion project and where it is. You're uncomfortable with the fact that it hasn't come to fruition. But the difference to bring it from from where it is to fruition is beyond the comfort zone. It's beyond the edge. It is beyond your ability to do because most of the rest of it is up to everybody else. It's up to investors, production crews, ca casting and crewing. It's a 10 million something or half a million something. You wrote a story that was a passion project. It wasn't wrote in isolation if it was, a, if it was something that was written. The problem is... It cannot be taken up all year. It's a passion. It's it's not the investor's passion. It's not the audience's passion. It can, maybe it can become it, but until it's wrapped and pitched and presented and becomes it, it is invisible. It's that script and drawer as an example. We got to kill the passion project. We've got to shoot it because they shoot horses, don't they? But the way we in our language of film is, we've got to shoot it or shoot it. It's kill it or make it. It's bring it from comfortable where it is to the uncomfortable where it needs to be. Because the uncomfortable where it needs to be is, that's where you're going to realise you love it, but you got to put it out of its misery. Or you love it enough to go into the pain of the journey or beyond the comfort zone and get everyone else involved and make it their tame elephant. Because you've got to tame the uncontrollables and make them controllable and it's those uncontrollables that are the bit beyond the reach that are the uncomfortables that is the fear of not being in control and it is what is needs to be tamed to bring the passion to the market as you're talking there i began to think of a seed and what was interesting was if the seed is your passion project and you just hold on to it and hold on to it eventually it will shrivel up and it will be gone. But because you haven't done what its job is for, you haven't buried it, which is the next part. You know, you have to let it die. It has to die, but you have to bury it when it dies. Because once it dies as a seed, it then blossoms out. And eventually you get as a tree an <laughs> and you'll get the fruit. And the fruit is actually what you're after. But if you just let it stay as a seed and it doesn't get the chance to, to basically die in the ground and root itself and become some big tree where you can grab the fruit, you're never going to get the final reward. And you'll have wasted let that it opportunity. Let it grow. Let yeah. it go to let it grow. And I think that's quite good because you do have to. And again, that's the idea. If the passion, If your passion project is the seed to your future, you have to let it go, let it die, bury it, 
and see what comes from it when the fruits grow. You're not going to believe this now. I know we don't normally throw in the timelines, but I mean, you threw a word out earlier today, which is just <laughs> popping back into my mind and going... The Passion Project, the Passion is this week coming Easter, yeah, and you gotta you gotta kill it, you gotta let it grow, you gotta let yeah. it die for it to go and grow. I'm not going to work out a similarity on that set of conversations, <laughs> but it's the same Passion Project. But well, it's it's you've got to believe in it, yeah, for it to, to grow. It. Absolutely. Well, the person that no, told others, that story is actually, the person we're talking about. <laughs> others need to believe in it. Yes. Beyond you for it to grow. Otherwise, and that's where you have to let it go. That's because it. if you let it go, so many people are so worried that if they share their ideas that somebody will steal them and, and that fear then holds them back. But they don't allow the thing to go out and naturally. They talk about having legs. If a project doesn't have legs, it's dead. But if you're stopping it from actually going anywhere and giving it the freedom to go out there and do something, mm. then you're it will die. Legs <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll die. You'll never, you'll never see it come to fruition. You'll never see it actually happen because you've, you've been the one that's choked it. You're the one that's, that's killed it in another direction. So there, there are several different sort of metaphors there. But I think let the seed go, bury the seed, let it grow, let it die in the first stages so it can actually grow. And then you can actually see the fruit at the end of the day because you've had, and, and that's another thing, patience. You know, you have to have patience when you're, you're out in the garden, letting things grow because things take time. It doesn't happen instantly. And I think we've come into a world that thinks that things should happen instantly. No, this is all about building. And one of the other things that's been happening with what we've, Garvin and I have been doing is that we're actually putting together a jigsaw and all the little jigsaw pieces every day come to us and we can slot it in its place. And we just have to be wait patiently for the next jigsaw piece to come along so we can slot it in its place. We can't, we have an idea that it's filling this gap, but we don't necessarily know what it's representing just yet. But we're hopeful that we'll see that fruit of our labor as it comes together. We can reorder the pieces. The strange thing is, there's a, every piece has its own value, it has its own shape, it has its own purpose, but it's part of a bigger picture on its own it stands on its own it's an expertise of somebody it's right it's we're talking to a script writer this morning or a script developer and we're and saying it's part of our machine or it can be on its own a whole business by itself it has multiple opportunities by itself and its own marketplaces and that individual is seeing they're comfortable in what they understand that piece to be because they're the subject matter expert in that piece as it's handed on, handed on normally to bigger to, to the bigger scheme of things. Normally, that piece goes on to a, a partner production company, or, or or finds a budget with a with someone else, or maybe it's a, it's 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 to be cleaned up on behalf of the current production company and to be shined and and made more consumable and sharper and bring it to a different level of 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 quality. But ultimately. It's, we're talking in the abstract all the time, but in the, and for us, no matter what the story, there's multiple pieces. And we, our conversation this morning kept on, somebody has to know what all the pieces looks like. Not only looks like the instruction booklet for and the order they should be put in that empowers them to their best ability. Somebody has to take control of the uncontrollable scramble because every one piece on its own has its own journey and tension, its own fears and, you know, be a people. They're already happy in what they are as a piece 
if someone else is paying for that piece and they have their wage, but if that piece is then said, I want you to change what you're doing, I want you to do is something you're not comfortable with, but I'm paying the wage, then all of a sudden that piece goes, well, I'm not the piece for you, I'm changing colour, I'm going somewhere else, or if I am the piece for you because I'm employed, I have no choice, but now I'm a much more uncomfortable piece in the sense of, I, I, I'm doing something I'm not happy with. It's beyond my comfort zone, yet my shape hasn't changed. I'm a nine to five, five day a week at 60 grand. And you're expecting an awful lot more for me, asking me to do stuff I'm not used to, expecting me to retrain, but I don't want to because I arrived at this comfort zone. I'm very happy in because I can go home to the wife and 3.2 children. And, and I know the expectation of where I am versus if we're in this position of we've given up jobs where we had that, and now we're coming to an uncontrollable way to create 40 new ones to end back up where we had as a, as a known something. And it's an awful lot of, why would anyone do that? And I think what it's in, I think it's in your makeup. It's in your DNA. It's, you're, you're, you're taking control. You, you, it's not about the money. It's about this meaning, about this journey, about your life stream, about your value of yourself. And, and you've got to take control of the passion. And the passion project now is you, your life and what you're doing with the rest of it and how you interact with everyone else's passion projects and journeys. Can you make a difference? Can you make their lives easier? Can you bring their passion projects to fulfillment? Can you shoot them and stop them wasting their time sooner? And I think that's what reminds me of earlier on today. It's I, in me, there's a resonance. There's a, I can't help but upsetting people. I nearly want to. Not upset, upset, but make them uncomfortable. To check whether they really do believe that they're happy where they are. And if they get a little bit edgy and uncomfortable and can go through that, then they've realized that they know where they are. They're on the edge of their comfort zone. They're on the, they're, they're, they can leave, they can do what Frederica says. They can leave from the edge now. Do you know where you are? This is where you are. Are you happy with that? Do you know you can be more and the only thing stopping you is you? Now, you, but that the you might be you asking for help. You asking or seeking out fellow people and team members and similar people to yourself that know together we can go further Together we can be more. Together we're more than some of the parts. We are more than all the parts. Excuse me. Or we can just be where you are, happy in a comfortable zone of known. We're coming to the end of this show. What's quite interesting is that during this, we've talked about two elephants in a ring, thinking that they're battling against one another, when really the opportunity is if they stopped looking at one another and turned around and collaborated, they could see that they could get to greater heights. We also started to talk about the passion project, as we're now calling it, that sometimes we have to sacrifice the passion project because it's, it's our selfish way of looking inwardly at this thing and smothering this thing that we love to bits and it can't breathe. And maybe... Because we've been so selfish, we've become destructive in the way that we've looked at that. And what Garvin was talking about just there was that if we looked outwards and saw the audience and realized that if we were to share someone else's passion with that audience, they could see better fruits than the ones that we would have been able to develop ourselves. 
And as we went through the conversation, we began to realize that this little passion project of ours is going to go out on a certain Friday. <laughs> and I had used one of his stories, uh, the person that sort of ended up uh, having his passion on this Friday, with the letting the seed die and become a tree and give us fruit and actually reap the rewards of something greater by giving. It's in the giving that I think you end up receiving. And what we're starting to find with the collaborations that we're having is because we're not not hoarding what we're doing, but letting it out and sharing it with other people and collaborating, we're actually getting better rewards and we can achieve things that we could never have achieved if we'd done it on our own. And that's that's something I'm learning and it's something you're enjoying. We also, believe it or not, don't have to be the ones in control because by letting go and letting other people have their bit of responsibility, there is control in the process, but it's not you holding things back. You're now allowing, giving out some of that to other people to share and sharing that responsibility. And collectively, you can achieve a far greater thing than you ever would have been able to do on your own. So here we are. We've come to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoy it <laughs> on this Passion Friday. <laughs> Give you it might know this. I nearly forgot. I nearly <laughs> forgot to breed. <laughs> Just go. my last sentence there I was. I, I forgot to breed. I actually ran out of air while trying to talk. You'll notice that if you go back a couple of sentences. But just to end, as George has said, the, the little takeaway cliche is help us, help you, help us, help you. We'll catch Thanks you soon. a lot. Bye for Take now. Take care. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.